Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today as usual. We have our evening with medium events coming up, hopefully on December 4th from 7 till 9 at the Hampton Inn here uh, in North Bay, Ontario. If all goes well, um, we will. We definitely look forward to that. Um, tickets are on sale at the website by Sarlo.com. They have been going quickly this week, which is wonderful. Thank you to everyone. There are still tickets available if you want to purchase them. We have been reminding you week after week that Eventbrite has been so kind mm-hmm. that if we need to cancel due to COVID, you will get 100% of your money back, including your processing fee. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Those shows are about intuitive, emotional, and spiritual intelligence skills and a complete toolkit for you. They're typically around 10 to 15 minutes per show, and they are a series of five the very first week of every single month, Monday to Friday. The very first show is always available on our website by sarlo.com and YouTube, and it's free. The remaining four shows that go with that series are found at patreon.com backslash by Sarlo. Yes, and Patreon is our paid membership, so it's kind of like a portal to all extra devices or extra tools, as Karen was mentioning, for emotional, uh, intuitive, and spiritual intelligence. Um, That is something that you can opt into and out of on a month-to-month basis to grow yourself. Uh, It's a really wonderful experience if you're looking to to kind of take that journey, and we're here to support you the entire way. So patreon.com backslash by Sarlo. We have gift certificates available for every person all over the world. We do our sessions by Skype, FaceTime, Zoom, WhatsApp, and Theralink. Um, And you can send a request in for an appointment through the website by sarlo.com, and Kelly and I will get back to you to do a session for you. Those sessions are just as accurate as if you are here in person because our relationship with the spirit world is what's accurate. Where you are and how comfy you are at home in your jammies is up to you. Cool. I think that kind of covers too that we are open through COVID Mm. via distance, not Mm -hmm. just for people who have gift certificates. Karen, I wanted to say to you before you jump into today's show that you did something sing-songy with your voice there, and it just reminded me of an old lady trying to read like a Christmas story as a narrator. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I had to like recenter myself. Oh. Okay. I'll it was enjoyable. To, I'll have to go back, like when the show airs, and mm-hmm. listen to it like everybody else <laughs> and see what you were referring to. Um, so you've got today's show prepared. I do. Um, this is a medium story today. Um, It's a a lady that um, did a session by long distance. Well, everything's long distance, COVID days. Um, I think hers was Zoom. So do you want to name her? Sure. I'll do Caitlin. Caitlin. Okay. And her, uh, the person that she wanted me to channel uh, was her husband. So would you like to name him? Um, Jeff. So we've got Caitlin and Jeff. Okay, so she that's all she asked for. After we got through consent, she just said that she was calling because she had lost her husband. That was it. No time frame, nothing else. Oh, pardon me, she did say something. She um, said to me that, um, that she was still quite upset about it and that she probably would cry during the session because she missed him so much, um, which is fine. And that she loved him very much and that she was still very upset. And so, 
you know, that's fine. I just listened to her. And then I asked her husband, Jeff, if he wanted to come in. And he said, yes. And I said, um, she's just asking what you want to say. And he goes, well, he goes, um, let's do some affirmations first, Karen. So I said, well, that would be great because uh, it would be good for me to know that I've got you accurately and it would be good for her to affirm that. So it's going to suit both of us well. And he said, well, he said, then you can say things to her like that um, she felt we had a, like a, a wonderful marriage. And I said, okay. And he said um, that, um, that we loved each other very much. Yeah, okay. Um, that I was really kind. And she's a very kind woman as well, Karen. And I said, oh, okay. So, and he, he went on to say more things like that, like that they took care of each other and um, very much isolated, though, in caring for each other, um, where neither of them had friends. They knew people. They would say hello to their neighbors. They would say hello to their co or employees. Oh, and he did say that um, that they were entrepreneurs. And then he kind of, I won't say that he laughed in a condescending way. He goes, but you could say it that way. And I said, what? I said, what do you mean I could say it that way? You either own a business or you don't. An entrepreneur means you own your own business. And he goes, yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. Like, there's some discrepancy there, mm -hmm. but it's like, what the heck does that mean? So before I dove into it, I just repeated everything to Caitlin. And she's she's snuffling. At times, she's just like, you can see tears, like, literally coming down her face. She's really crying. And we had to pause a couple of times because she was blowing her nose, and she was, like, really crying. So I turned back after I said all of this, and she said, yes, yes. And she so she affirmed everything. I thought, oh, good, yes, I've got him. And he looks at me, and he goes, um, I've been dead for 10 years. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he goes, I've been dead for 10 years. It's, my, it's, our, it's the 10th anniversary. And I said, oh, which took me aback in all honesty, Kelly, because uh -huh. I was surprised after 10 years that that she was still sobbing. And I don't mean that I don't miss my dad. He's been dead over 10 years. I still can cry. It's just not the same kind of cry the first year that I that my dad passed. It, the, I know my cries have changed. And uh, some people might think, wow, that's judgmental. Yeah, I'm admitting that's judgmental. Well, there's, there's also a thing called typical. Yeah. Right? We do see typical patterns, and, and most people would say by observation that mm -hmm. grief itself changes, therefore the cry changes. Mm -hmm. And um, so he says to me, I've been dead 10 years, and I said, oh, I thought he was wrong. So I thought, oh, I think you're wrong. <laughs> because of how she was behaving, I thought, no, I'm going to get this one wrong. <laughs> I'm going to look like a fool when I say this one. So I wrote 10 years down on the page. He, ins he insists it's 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then he says, well, fine then. He says, if you're going to act like that, Karen. <laughs> he says, um, we had a German shepherd and he died just after I died within, within the first year. And I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's an affirmation. So, okay. So he's trying to say, get your shit together, Karen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like this. And so I thought, oh, okay, I'll put it all down on the page and I'll just say it all to her as it is. So I said, well, he says he's been passed for 10 years and 
that there's a German shepherd that passed within the year of his passing that was your dog. And she goes, um, well, yes, he did pass 10 years ago. And I thought, oh, okay. And no, that's wrong about the German shepherd. And I went, oh, okay. It was his German shepherd. And I went, okay. I, I'm saying he's with the, your German shepherd. Like, you live together. He's saying you, you were married. And when he passes, the three of you are living in the same house. Like, it is your dog. It's not my dog. It was his dog. That poor dog. And I'm like, oh, my God, splitting hairs. I like I'm thinking, oh my good lord, how do you how do you have a conversation with somebody when you're giving an affirmation like that? The dog lived so I had to break it down and go, the dog lived in the house. If he wasn't home, you fed it. Yes. And then you get that kind of face. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I did, but it wasn't my dog. It was his dog, but I fed it. And I said, Well, we're splitting hairs now. And she went, I don't know what you mean. And I said, no, we're splitting hairs. <laughs> I said, I'm just going to go with that. Yes, I understand what you're saying about whose dog it is. I get it that someone can say it was more my husband's do- uh, dog. I said, I understand all that, but we're splitting hairs when we're trying to find validations. <laughs> my partner would murder me if I mm. said he was my dog because I paid the bill initially. And didn't consider him ours. I I understand your point of view. And I think I'm now understanding her point of view. Yep. But I still admit, I I still think she's splitting hairs. Yes. Just out of looking to be a stubborn person. Mm -hmm. And Unless this, I guess, was a total fight between the two of them. Yes. (laughs) That is your dog. You take care of it. You got it. Yes. Uh, Which then... Kind of leads to some of the other stuff. So she yeah, finally I want to note, it was not lost on me that he said, you could say she felt we had this relationship. Oh, yeah. And so, and anyway, and she's crying all the way through the whole session, like up till this point. Up to the dog. And I said, yeah. Uh, to which she cleans herself up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Like the tears stop, the Kleenex is down, she's alert, she's in the session and she's ready to fight. And I'm not ready to fight. I'm not going to fight over that kind of an issue. That is not a fight I want to pick. So I, I just said to her, well, I'm, you know, I wrote it down on the page and I wrote the timeline and I'm just going to leave that on the page. And really, it's her business to decide what kind of validation that is. I'm, I'm just going to move on. So then he says to me, um, she, she really, really does not believe we had a great marriage. She wants you to say that because it's what she tells people. And I said, but I'm a medium. (laughs) I'm talking to you. He goes, yeah, well. (laughs) And I said, oh, she doesn't believe in mediums. No. Why did she bother calling? And putting on a show. Because he says she's wearing what we call grief glasses. And I'm like, what? And he goes, well, he goes, we call them grief glasses. He goes, you could use that as an expression. You know, like rose-colored glasses? Mm -hmm. Well, she's wearing grief-colored glasses, meaning that since I'm dead, I'm a lot better man than I was alive. 
and that the marriage was a lot better marriage than it was when I was there in it. And he goes, so I'm actually going to say some things to you. And he says, because I'm here today to say that I'm sorry about some of the things that I did. And this is really what she's waiting to hear. But she's putting up a great big front. But she's hoping for it. And I said, how in God's name did she get my name? I will hunt that person down. (laughs) It's like when Good Life calls you and you're like, tell me which friend gave you my email. That wasn't what I meant, but that was super funny. (laughs) No. (laughs) She... All of her friends saw their marriage, Mm -hmm. and they all see that she's turned him into this little saint of a husband Mm -hmm. since he's died, and that over the 10 years, they just can't stand it. They just, as soon as someone says, oh, hi, nice to meet you, and she says, oh, I'm a widow, and oh, sorry to, oh, yes, and then she wants to relive all of it again, because it's a real drama, drama show. And it's a way for her to kind of get them where she wants them. Mm -hmm. They're going to feel sorry for me. They're going to be nice to me. This is the nice girl syndrome shit. They're going to feel sorry for me, so I'm going to get what I want. Interesting, because I was just going to say, no wonder people don't get what they want, given that that's how she approached her session with you. So she puts up the brick wall, and he says, no. He says, um... I ran a business, and um, he says she would say for that for a living she was an entrepreneur. And I said, what? And he goes, well, I owned the business. I ran the business. As a matter of fact, I had the business two wives before her. She was my third wife. So he says, I started the business. And he goes, truth be told, my grandfather started the business. My dad ran it, and then I ran it. And then I had wife number one, wife number two, and then wife number three, her. And that's what he does. He goes, her, <laughs> Caitlin, <laughs> like this. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's such a, it, there's such a difference between what he's telling me and what she's trying to get out of the session or have him say mm-hmm. because she's trying to play me like she plays everybody else. And he's standing there going, mm-mm. I was the entrepreneur, but in our entire marriage, she told everybody, we are entrepreneurs. We own the business. Right. And so eventually, he writes in the will that the business is theirs and that she will get his half when he dies and his children will not. Holy shit. Okay, so when you asked me for a name, I was going to say Denise. Because you said husband and wife. I'm like, oh, I'll name them Denise and Brian. I love those two. Oh, thank and God I heard, you didn't. No, don't do that. They're good people. No, they are good people. Don't do that. <laughs> it's good you gave it them different names. Ah. So, yeah. So, Caitlin has gone around saying she's an entrepreneur and that she owns this business. So, she's been running this business into the ground because she has no idea how to run the business. So the manager and all of the employees are they have to find other jobs because oh. there's there's going to be no job and they can all see it coming. That's horrible. They are watching you know, I don't want to say a dynasty or an empire, but they are watching a business yes. Um, disappear in front of them. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing really even the manager can do because he will advise her. 
and and in her ego of saying I'm a business owner, um, but I I would rather go for my walk and I would rather do my things. I'm just not going to return that phone call. I'm just not going to call those clients back, but I won't give him permission to do it either. So she's sabotaging a lot because she wants to say she owns the business and keep it running. She and and the siblings is are his siblings are or pardon me and children are a whole other issue. None of them want to talk to her. Mm-hmm. None of them want to have anything to do with her. But she thinks that that's just because that they're just all mean people, and that they're jealous, and that the business was theirs because they were the couple, and that she had a right to that business after all of well it was over. I think it was close to a hundred years that it was in the family for the brothers and sisters, and then that his adult children thought, well, no, we'll sell it to the manager. Um, He knows how to run dad's business. He worked with dad for 40 years, so Mm -hmm. we'll sell it to him, and we'll just take our money, and he can run the business, and then he can train another employee. And they know the other employees that he would train. So they would be happy about that, and they'd be happy to walk away and say, hey, keep the family name. Because that's what everybody knows, and that's why you have you're going to maintain such a, a healthy client base. Go ahead, we're good with all of this. But she's um, she's interrupted. That was nice. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a <laughs> diplomatic way. No, she fucked it. Like yeah. she and she fucked over oh. all of the employees in that company. This wasn't just. Yeah. This wasn't just, we'll let you run it. We're going to give people's lives, livelihood, careers over to you, and you can just mess around with it. Yeah. And and the thing of it is, is that she knew all of this. She knew when he was alive that she shouldn't have been on the payroll. She shouldn't have been a co-owner. It was all in her ego because she wanted to be able to say she's a co-owner. And here's and his big lesson, he goes, Karen, I was just a massive people pleaser. Yeah. He goes, and I was to all three wives. He goes, I had to start that business like all over again um, because each of my wives basically put a great big dent in my business because I allowed it. Mm-hmm. And so his employees, every time he remarries, Ugh. every time he's dating another woman, it's like they all want to pull their hair out of, uh, out of their head because they see his patterns. Mm-hmm. And you know, even the manager who approaches them and says, look, Jeff, you're a shit show with the women. Nice guy, you're a good boss, but you're a shit show. Let me run this show. Let me do this. And he's like, I own this. My dad owned this. My grandfather owned this. This is my family. It's been a success for 100 years. Who the hell are you? And he puts his manager in his place. And he puts the employees in their place. But he never will put... The women. <laughs> or himself. Yeah. He'll never deal with his pattern. What a little shit. Yep. They're both little shits. And so um, he refers to the grief um, glasses. And he goes, you, you need to tell her she's wearing grief glasses. Confront her. And I'm like, you're dead. And now you've got your shit together? And he goes, Yes. I said, okay. Better late than never. Yes. And so I'm like, okay, fine. I'm happy about that. <laughs> I'm glad you've got your shit together. And he goes, and I said, but to him, I'm the one that has to give her all the messages then. And he goes, that's right. And that is your job. You're the medium. 
You go, you go for it, Karen, and I'm going to send you lots of love and gratitude. And so I'm like, okay. So I said to Caitlin, I said, Caitlin, and then I repeated everything. So I'm not going to repeat it all. I told her that. And oh my God, Kelly, if she could have had darts, mm. I'm pretty sure she'd have bullseyed me. Lit them on fire. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. She was, she was really angry. And I thought this was going to be what I would call one of those Facebook sessions mm. where it appears on Facebook after the session, that I didn't check in, that I didn't answer her questions, that I went rogue and did what I wanted. Like, yeah, we'll call it a Facebook session. One of one of those things where the client wants to strike back and, and ruin me um, because the truth was told. And you and I both have those sessions. We both have what we call Facebook sessions. Well, that's the first time I've nicknamed them that, but um, we're where people's bad behaviors and patterns um, uh, get displayed. And, and hopefully the public is wise enough to understand that or, or to question it at the very least. Oh, there might be more here to this complaint than, than what this person is saying because they want to word it in a certain way so that we can't really defend ourselves because sessions are confidential. We can't get on there and attack them or say what was evident Mm-hmm. That occurred in the session, so we're left really snafu'd. And well, I want to say this too. Like um, that might have been a Freudian slip. I just itched my nose with my middle finger. <laughs> um, Why is that Freudian? Well, just like the not Freudian, but like that subtlety of I really want to put my middle finger up right now. Oh. Um, no, I genuinely want to say this. We could okay. we could do those things. We don't have a governing body that right. says you cannot exploit or you cannot That's true. Um, say publicly what happened in someone's sessions. We don't have tracks. We don't have charts. We don't have anything or anyone to slap us on the wrist and say mm-hmm. you you didn't do this mm-hmm. ethically, morally, or um, you know confidentially. Mm-hmm. It's a choice we make yeah. because we feel that everyone, no matter how kind or disrespectful it like they are we feel they deserve the privacy mm-hmm. yeah so she got an earful he he i'll say i did him proud mm-hmm. in saying that his term about grief glasses and i said he's also saying something else he had another term i thought was really interesting he said she isn't grieving She's ruminating. Mm. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, no. He said, Karen, um, Caitlin ruminates when she thinks about me. She goes back in in her mind in the kitchen when she's doing dishes or when she's raking the leaves in the yard or she's doing, you know, blow drying her hair or whatever in a day. Um, she ruminates. She doesn't go back and grieve loss with sadness. She actually goes back and says, you never picked up his own damn things. I had to pick up after him all the time. Why didn't he pick up after himself? And she gets angry. So she ruminates over the things that were negative and the things that I'll say um, have become obsessive thoughts. So he goes, well, he goes, then we might as well get right into it. He says that, her mind has always been, before she ever met me, she had a lot of behaviors similar to OCD. And I'm not saying you and I diagnose. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. Can't do that. We are not licensed. So I'm not saying she has OCD to her. I'm saying to her that she has some problems that would indicate that she should seek some professional help to determine if that is something that someone could help her with because it's not grief. And she keeps thinking that she's grieving. And so, she, and she really does. She, she does do all this ruminating, but then if somebody says, how are you doing? Well, I'm just so grieving. I'm just can't get over. And she goes right into what she thinks truly is grief. Why am I stuck? And that's why the friend said, why don't you call a medium? Mm-hmm. If it's 10 years and you're still feeling that strongly, why don't you call a medium and see if you can get some closure? So she just Googled mediums and found us and called and thought she'd give it a try because that was what was suggested because people felt that she was stuck in grief. And yet Jeff comes in and says, she's not grieving. She's happy in the house when she actually has her own thoughts. She's damn happy that she's got this money from the business. She's actually really grateful she stayed with me, even though we didn't like each other. She's very grateful that she stayed because she got the house, she got the business, she's got two or three cars in the garage, she's got, and he just lists all the things she's got and that she's grateful for. So he says the other part of it is the ruminating. He says, so if you take away the rumination and the OCD thoughts and patterns, and she actually sees a therapist and fixes that, she's going to come to the realization she's not grieving at all. I thought that was um, really well said. Mm -hmm. Really well seen, really well thought out, and a really clear way to present that to her. That, in fact, even when she thinks about it, he goes, tell her, even when she's talking to friends, She's not telling them anything about me that she misses, like sitting down and watching a TV show with me. She will ruminate and say things like, oh, I so miss Carl. He would have he um, paid all the bills. It was just the things that I did that took care of her. That's where she thinks she misses me because she actually doesn't want to have to pay the bills. She doesn't even want to have to think about them. Mm-hmm. She just, just wants someone else to pay the bills. He goes, so really, he says, I was like her, I was a father. I wasn't her husband. I was more of a father. And I said, do you mean like right to the point where there's no sex, there's no intimacy? Oh my God, he goes, rarely. Rarely, Karen. And he said, in bottom line, rarely, because she behaved like a child, and I felt like I was like her father. And she probably saw me as her father, and that's why she hated me, because I was treating her like she was a child. He goes, we were so stuck and he goes, the sad thing is, wife number two, knife, wife number one, same thing. He goes, I was attracted to the same type of woman every single time. He goes, I never fixed my pattern. And because of that, my employees suffered, my children, and my siblings, all financially, because he didn't deal with his pattern. So then Jeff's next point is, It's been 10 years, and she's still replaying old conversations over and over in her head every week, every month, every season, 
Everyone will look at it, Karen, sometimes morning, afternoon, and evening. She'll replay those conversations over and over in her head again, but she doesn't come out of them with a change. There's nothing healthy about it. So she'll hear that conversation. She'll like watching a movie or listening to the same podcast. Yeah, you just know the script. Yeah, and and she never tires of going through it again and then reliving and refeeling all of the emotions again. And she's calling that grief. I think this is important. Yeah, well, it's a different kind of grief for sure. Yeah. So somebody might not over your dead husband. Yeah. And so somebody might say, okay, look, this is, and, and I think this is very much the point that he tries to make here. He goes, Karen, I, we created enough shit between the two of us just in the few years that we were married to last her a lifetime of problems. But she had those before our marriage. I clearly had them before mine in the pr- two prior to her. And he said, but she's not doing anything about it. And Caitlin is now aging. And th- these um, these conversations are just on repeat. And he says, it's terrible. It's heartbreaking to think that if she lives 20 more years yeah. or 30 more years, that she's going to have decades more of just replaying the same things without actually being able to identify her part in it, the pattern in it, um, how to make it healthy, the healthy belief that could go with it, the new boundaries that could be created around it, all of it. He goes, I'm here today to be honest. He says, I'm here today to say, I'm aware that she's doing this. So I stopped and I asked her, I said, is it true? I said, Jeff is saying that you have these arguments from your marriage over and over in your mind again, you might go a couple of days without one. And then all of a sudden, you're just right back into it. And you think you're having a bad few days of grieving again. But it's like back into re-listening to these conversations and these events all over again. And she goes, oh, yeah. And I said, well, I said, Caitlin, clearly it's time that somebody approach you about that and confront you and say, what are you actually going to do about it? And she goes, oh, I'll just do the same thing. I just, they, they, it'll just happen again. And I said, no, we, you actually have to do something about it, something different than you've been. Well, I tell my girlfriends, I tell people, I share it with people. I get it off my chest, Karen. And I cry and, and I do things. I go for a walk. And she's, so she's listing things that people have been su- suggesting you do when you grieve. Go for a walk, connect to nature that kind of thing. And she thinks, yeah, but I go for a walk. And I said, you go for a walk and you still ruminate. You still do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, then that clearly has to be the indication that it's time for help with somebody who's qualified to be able to help you break those patterns. And she goes, and that's what he came here to tell me today. Well, you weren't expecting anything in particular, so... This is what you're getting. Yeah. Just what do you get from my husband? What does he want to tell me? And his his big message was, I'm acknowledging all of this. Yeah. I'm saying I'm sorry about all of this. You're not well. You need help. That's a lot. What the fuck do people expect when they say anything? Well, clearly she had an expectation of um, reaffirming a good marriage, and all of the stories, um, the facade 
she expected to hear that her facade was okay, not that the spirit world actually knew the truth. That's what I understand. But but not, because you said at the beginning she doesn't believe in mediums. So had she got the affirmation of the facade, she would have been perhaps a Facebook session that said she was no good. Or she just told me things I already knew. Like it just, it can swing in whatever direction. But my, mm-hmm. my really, my question is, what were you actually expecting? Perhaps she didn't know. Or perhaps mixtures of things because it's the way that her brain has been working. Her, this, and this, like, it's fair everything that you're pointing out, Mm -hmm. but I think everything that you're pointing about, out about what she expected in a session was exactly how she went into a marriage with that same level of confusion as to what do I expect. And so she's just falsely shocked by everything because that's not what I was expecting. You got it. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. It's not interesting. It's interesting. It's sad. It's yeah. It's all kinds of things. It is, and and I'm. I mean, I picked it um, for one of the podcast shows because I think many people know these people, mm-hmm. um, and can sit back today and go, "Oh my God, this explains some things." She mentioned OCD. She mentioned that the person needs a therapist. She mentioned rumination. She mentioned patterns and that this isn't this isn't a real healthy grieving it's an unhealthy grieving that she like i think it's worthy mm-hmm. for people to to hear all of those things for the people in their lives that are actually doing this mm-hmm. because i'm not here to diagnose as i said during you know during this podcast and i said to her during the session i'm not a therapist i'm not licensed to tell you anything you need to see somebody to be diagnosed properly um, to see if you actually do have some form of OCD and if a therapist could help you clean up the activity and the patterns in your brain. And then she was like freaking annoyed. That's what a medium's going to tell me. Nope, not always. No, and, and, and you and I both know other mediums would never go down this road. They would never stand their ground. Some won't. Some will. Mm-hmm. I would imagine some would do, would do it. Um Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's it's um, it's worthy of listening to, whether the person listening today and listening to this podcast is this person, and might may recognize that and go, I ruminate, mm-hmm. I I'm repeating all of those patterns. This is me. What do you mean rumination? What do you mean unhealthy and healthy kinds of grieving? What do you mean there's a difference? I just thought all grieving was just one big messed up ugly ball of everything. What do you mean? So I think it's a, it's a, a, good, a good illustration of healthy grieving, unhealthy grieving. Mm-hmm. And, and when therapy is really necessary to help somebody separate it and help them healthily grieve and help them deal with the other mental health issues. Good. Yeah. That's my hope. Clarity for people. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. The session itself was not fun. No. I think people were here. This wasn't fun. <laughs> I want to say, though, I can say that as a co-host 
because I'm a listener to your story. Mm. I can 100% put myself in your shoes and know the struggle that you went through mm-hmm. to provide a process for her, mm-hmm. to give her pause, yeah. to ask her good questions, mm-hmm. the energy that it would have taken you to do your check-ins, which mm-hmm. you do multiple times through your session. Yep. The pulling teeth energy of trying to get an affirmation when someone's splitting hairs or really wasn't there to see the truth as it was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so as much as I can make my comments as a co-host, I can I can be you in the same breath mm-hmm. um, to understand the the importance of the session. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll say no how much support you're going to need after this podcast. <laughs> I'm going for a massage. <laughs> For debriefing and support to um, mm-hmm. t- to validate how hard you worked and how accurate you were as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's neat because you know we've got tons of feedback after two hundred and seventy some shows about our personalities and the way that we um, show up. I'll say in mm. in all of these stories, and I know that there have been comments about. Um, how politically correct sometimes we try and be, sometimes how politically incorrect we are. Um, just I, I'll, I say all the different mm-hmm. hats, but we're trying to have the listeners relate on a certain level, mm-hmm. but then also grab a life lesson from it that they might not have seen while they were relating to a particular part mm-hmm. um, you know, or a person in the story. Mm-hmm. And I think all of the roles that we play are important in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I want people to hear that because as much as we can have, as we've mentioned before, our human reactions, we ultimately know that her behavior makes sense oh, yeah. given her level of confusion. Oh, absolutely. And as much as we know it makes sense, we do have to say to you guys, this is not appropriate. Mm-hmm. And and the human reaction is a good one to have so that you can hear as listeners, right, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Right, she does need to stand back and, and you know take a breath and think. Yeah, during her session, Caitlin and I had moments that were pretty tense because of the messages Jeff was giving, where I had to say to her, no, that's what this is called. Um, There Mm. is a difference between unhealthy and healthy. And you could see sometimes where she was really angry at first, and it was like, oh, I'm out of this conversation. I am done. And she would literally, and I can't do it because there's a microphone here, but she would sit back, cross her arms over like this, and and just kind of like, and just look at me like, I am, I'm done. Like, and I want my money back. You could just see Mm -hmm. all, all of the anxiety. Um, and the fear, and the sadness, you could see everything and the frustration in mm-hmm. her. Why don't I know this? I'm 60 years old and you're telling me I'm mentally ill? What? Like you could see the ego come in, the denial of I want to protect the 60 years that I have lived this life, the other marriages that I've been in. I was not wrong in those marriages. Those were bad men. Mm-hmm. She, like she didn't want... like. She didn't want to to see so many things. Mm-hmm. And so for that to come out with Jeff coming through and going, oh, no, this is a facade. She knows it, and we all know it on the other side. And you're going to say something, because if we can't get through to her, she'll never be able to pick up the phone after you to call the therapist. Mm-hmm. And the entire goal of her one-hour session that Jeff had for his wife was to get her to pick up a phone to call a therapist. That Mm -hmm. was my job, aside from being a medium. Mm -hmm. And 
just giving the messages. Yeah, and I hope it's not lost on people, the extreme problems that people-pleasing causes. Oh, yeah. Because if you're at home and you're sitting there, you know, and maybe you've been listening for five years thinking, oh, yeah, I am the people-pleaser. Oh, yeah, they keep talking about it, and I know it's me, and I listen, but I don't do anything past that. I don't go to Patreon and actually get the tools. I just listen to the podcasts. I know the bingo square for the book, but I don't buy the book. Or I bought the book, but I haven't read the book. Yeah. And it's it's like this is the extreme problems that you are causing. Even though you think you're flying under the radar or yeah. you think you're being praised and loved, whatever your story is, mm-hmm. it is to the degree that when you pass – your people can't get help. They, and they can't get help because they're at this point of not being able to actually see the problem. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it takes someone else in a professional position to pull teeth to have to just find that tiny little crack and spell out that that was abuse. Mm-hmm. And then you're dead and gone and their world shatters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now... Think about whether or not they ever actually do seek a medium. Maybe they don't. You don't have a voice now that you're dead and on the other side. They're figuring out this with. They're figuring this out with a therapist, where you don't have the opportunity to apologize mm. and say I know better. You don't have the opportunity to say I'm really sorry. This is what I. This is what I knew when I went into the relationship, and I didn't know to know better. Mm-hmm. And now they're just pissed. Yeah, and you know, Kelly. On that note. Like, she doesn't understand that this is him saying anything to her. Right. So it's like, well, it doesn't sound like you've got my Jeff. doesn't sound like you're very accurate. And it's like, no, Jeff is like, no, 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 no. Okay. Tell her she's my third wife. And it's like, okay, so I have to give the validation. Well, he says you're his third wife. Well, that's true. And it's like, but then, so that means the other stuff is true. Does it, Karen? That's my point, is that even when they find someone to facilitate giving them a voice, you may not let them. Or they, pardon me, if you're the one that's dead, they may not let you. Yeah. Like, this this is, at its core, heartbreaking. Absolutely. And this becomes generations of heartbreak. That's right. Because I would imagine those children aren't seeking out a medium. They've probably gone, okay, my dad is a people pleaser, and I can't have a relationship, and I guess I'm walking away from that. They may not even say he's a people pleaser. They may say he's a really nice guy. But if they won't talk to her and they've moved on, Mm -hmm. and they've walked away from the business because they don't get it, right? It's like, all right, Mm -hmm. gave up on that relationship. Mm -hmm. There Mm -hmm. are consequences to your people pleasing. Yeah, which is, I think... A huge thing that you and I try to help people with mm-hmm. to the degree we can. And that then it's very important to get all the other tools. Good. Mm-hmm. It's a rough show today. I knew that going in. You know, it's even more rough because I chose apple cider vinegar instead of fucking coffee. <laughs> so I didn't enjoy my drink. I did not enjoy Caitlin. I did enjoy you. <laughs> I enjoyed Jeff. Yeah. I enjoyed Jeff. I enjoyed channeling him. I enjoyed his energy. The fact that he was trying to, he'd worked so hard on his honesty and -hmm. what he had done and what he had learned since he had passed. I just thought all of that was so insightful and so 
sad that he's moved on. Well, he's moved on. He's fine. He's happy. But like you said, that he has left a, a person, a human, to stay stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, she got stuck on her own before she met him. But um, hopefully, I was going to say hopefully she got something out of that session, but I don't really know. <laughs> And keep stay tuned to Facebook, folks. Yeah, you know what? Maybe at least your you as listeners can put a bingo, you know, tile down on. I learned something today. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, yeah. so are we done for the day? We're done. All right. So I want to clarify for listeners too. Caitlin was a random name I picked. Jeffrey, yeah. you can put down as a Gray's name because that was Jeffrey Dean Morgan playing Denny. Oh, so if you are playing okay. along with Bingo, cool. That was my my train of thought. Okay, Kate. There's no Kate? Um, there may be, but there's not a Kate. Oh, actually, Kate Walsh. Yeah. She played Addison. Right. We've got Grays. I was just going to say, I'm pretty sure there was a Kate. Okay. Excellent. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, so if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at As always, we do ask that if you have a moment today to head over to YouTube or your favorite podcast platform or both of those um, and hit the subscribe button. That means the world to us as we continue to reach or have a further reach around the world um, with these beautiful lessons. Uh, you can find us on patreon.com backslash by Sarlo if you felt like we hit that trigger today and you're ready to take that jump for emotional intelligence. Uh, we're there to support you every step of the way. Otherwise, have a beautiful weekend. <laughs>